0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello
1: here, and welcome again to
0: another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington,
1: and joining us here for the opening segment, Husker Online intern Mike Wheeler, fresh back from Oklahoma City, Mike. And I'll tell you what, you probably didn't realize uh, when you were down in Oklahoma City, a lot of things were going to play out on your drive home um, with Darren Erstad. And, and you were down there around this program for most of the season and obviously the Big Ten Tournament and the regionals, particularly in Oklahoma City. Let me ask you this, Mike, out of the gates. Did, did you see any of this coming? I mean, you, you, I heard some people say, his postgame press conference, you know, you, you could kind of sense he was a little bit different after the loss to UConn, but did you see this coming at all?
2: I honestly did not see that coming. I mean, when you look back on it, there's, you know, things that you can kind of see and, you know, hindsight's always this and you can kind of pick apart. Uh, you can kind of pick something apart like that. But, you know, at the time I, re- I really didn't think too much of it.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was an interesting move. And, and now Nebraska's got to move forward, Robin, and, you know, everyone's focusing this baseball hire towards Rob Childress. I know Kendall Rogers, who former colleague of ours at rivals.com when his site was with rivals, has kind of put out there um, that Childress is, is a candidate at Nebraska. Uh, but to me, there's a lot of things there that, that, that are going to be hard to, to figure out. I and mean, he makes $800,000 um, Nebraska paid Darren Erstead two 200 and change the highest paid big 10 baseball coach makes 400,000 before bonuses and other incentives. Uh, that's Eric Backage at Michigan. Um, Texas a and Charter travels for all their games. Big Ten teams fly Southwest Airlines and whatever flight they can get on to get home. Um, so you're talking about a lot of different things that you would have to put in play to even get to that level. That I don't even know if it's realistic, knowing that you cannot make a revenue at Nebraska in baseball. Um, And even with a hire like this, I just don't see how, you know, they can get that far in the whole finance. I mean, they're not in the whole financially, but it'd be a huge commitment.
2: Yeah. I mean, especially to to go from the resources and salary that Rob Childress is accustomed to right now, uh, Nebraska couldn't touch it. And that's just because, I mean, unless they just go all in on a sport that's not going to generate revenue i mean then you got a question is that the right decision for an athletic department and i honestly don't think so i mean you can make obvious cases for football and basketball but when you get down to that next tier with baseball um i mean you you kind of got to work with what you have and right now with like you said uh baseball just because of the logistics will never be a revenue sport because they don't get basically anything but ticket sales and so the to throw out the idea they're going to throw or match 800,000 and all those other perks that come with a job that's, you know, a big program like Texas A&M, to bring a guy up here in a conference that doesn't prioritize baseball and with the recruiting disadvantage of being in Northern school, lack of
1: home games, lack of
2: home games. I mean, there's just so many cons for Rob Childress to look at that Nebraska job. I mean, no matter what uh, his personal connections are here, and that'd be the one, one thing Nebraska could have is the ties that Rob Childress has to this program. I know he was very fond of this, of the state, the program, uh, and then, you know, obviously he wanted that job when uh, Dave Van Horn left and they gave it to Mike Anderson and a lot of people criticize that move is kind of the undoing of nebraska baseball
1: yeah it, it, it will be interesting now rob childress you know his daughter just graduated from nebraska this year mike you knew it. did you know his daughter
2: uh, yeah i was actually pretty good friends with her
1: we got Mike. we got some inside people on the um was she in a sorority
2: um i believe she was in fee. all yes. right
1: so we we got some good intel here from our intern on the show but rob childress owns a Hunting cabin, um, they call it a barn condo, a refurbished barn out by Ashland. So he's got some property still in Nebraska. The mm-hmm. um, loves the state, loves the area. Um, and I think the only thing to watch will be there is a new athletic director at Texas A&M, Ross Bjork from Old Miss, Kansas guy. Um, if, if there's any feeling at all that you know he's not safe, but I, I from the conversations I've had with people at Texas A&M, and I've talked to some pretty high level people there there's just no way Bjork's going to be like, and by the way, you know, you might want to look at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That's just not even going on right now down there. He's made the regional all but one year there. He's made two College World Series. Um, but there was a report out there that Pat Casey, the national championship coach from Oregon State, was approached by a but there's some holes in that report. a hadn't even hired Bjork yet. It was before a had a sitting AD. So hmm. I don't know. You know, Pat Casey said he's not coming back to Oregon State. He's done, done for now. Um, but, you know, an a and report was out there that he was approached. And if there was any truth to that, maybe Rob Childress is like, you know what? I don't like what's going
2: on right now. Yeah. And another issue, I mean, take it for what it's worth. Uh, but sounds like Childress is going through a little bit of what Darren was going through. And you had a very vocal. Maybe it's a minority, but, you know, fans were getting a little restless with a Given the amount of uh, resources and um, just financial uh, boost put, put into that program, that they're not winning more. You they know?
1: want him at Nebraska, their fans. I mean, you go on their
2: message yeah, boards. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, maybe that's part of it where, you know, Children's is going to look at the situation and say, yeah, I have all these uh, positives at AM, but I want to go where I'm wanted. And, you know, he would be <laughs> embraced as, uh, you know, the same, probably, I mean, the baseball equivalent of, of a Frost and Hoiberg. I mean, just because he's the one guy that people have been clamoring for. Or basically since the early 2000s when when uh, Van Horn left. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, there's a lot of
1: conspiracy theories about why Anderson was hired over Childress because it never really made much sense. I mean, mm-hmm. Anderson was the Mike Sanders guy, uh, but he was Bill M- Burns' kind of source to help get Ma- Sanders fired. So he had some kind of protection from Byrne years mm-hmm. ago, and was rewarded to get the job where, you know, Childress was the Van Horn guy that came with Van Horn. So to me, it always made more sense. Why didn't you just give it to the Van Horn guy? Then there's the way out there conspiracy theory that Bill Byrne knew he was gonna to go to AM, but that's BS. It was like a year later.
2: <laughs> that's some 4-D chess movies. I mean, right yeah. there.
1: Yeah, and, and, and how would you have known that you were gonna fire the AM yeah. baseball coach at that point? So that is the way out there theory, but yeah, it will be something to watch. And then, you know, two guys that I know very well, Will Bolt, Justin Seeley, are the A&M assistants that are both highly interested in this position as well. Um, you know, Both coached at Nebraska. Both had very good careers at Nebraska. Both have been at A&M now for a number of years. Both have coached in the junior college ranks down in Texas for a number of years. So they're kind of like the Dave Van Horn, Rob Childress starter kits. I mean, they're, they're the proteges of those guys coming up the ranks where you wouldn't have to pay $800,000. Exactly. Like you could get one of those guys probably for, three to 400 and put them right towards the top of the conference salary pool and you know, will Moose go that route, or is he on such a hot streak at the blackjack table that this hire has double to double down?
2: This has to be, <laughs> you know, a build a Bill Moose statue type of hire. Yeah, and I, I think the good news is that uh, if they were to go with the, that assistant round with either of those guys, and you put those resumes side by side, I mean, I know Will Bolt probably gets a little bit more of the attention, Sean, you can speak to this, but Justin Seeley has got some got some clout to him, too. So uh, I don't think they could go wrong with either of those hires, and the fact that they're both Nebraska legacy guys, uh, they got understand the state they understand the the advantages and disadvantages of this program um, and they basically you know are coming from the children's tree which uh, is a pretty good lineage to come from so you know i've seen some other names with the heller guy from iowa is that what yeah yeah that's, that's the kendall
1: rogers threw his name out too and Iowa's committing heavily to baseball and he's done a lot there he's mm-hmm. a great coach mm-hmm. um he's done a lot a lot of things there and you know nebraska could pay him more there's no doubt but I think Iowa would be at a p- position where they would match it. I, mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, unless it's like out-of-this-world money, I think Iowa would, would fight hard to keep him from going to a place like Nebraska.
2: Right, and if Nebraska's throwing out-of-this-world money, they could probably do better than Rick Keller. Yeah, so,
1: if yeah, exactly. If, if you want to go, let's make him the highest-paid coach, which is Eric Backage at 400000 they could do that. To, but I think Iowa would match that because there's a talk about a new stadium and more facilities for baseball, Um, Iowa baseball is really uh, growing so there's a lot to watch Um, a couple other things I want to get in this opening segment Robin um, CJ Smith entered his name in the Mm -hmm. transfer portal Um, somewhat of a surprise I think to a lot of folks because he was a four star kid second four star defensive back um, from the class that's put their name in the portal from last year's recruiting class Cam Jones being the other and I think this is a deal where Travis Fisher just kind of told him how it was and, and he was not in my opinion going to be in a position to play this year mm-hmm. with the new four guys coming on campus and the other guys they already bring back um, and you know I think it was probably a deal where he knew that and Nebraska told him that and and he's moving
2: on. Yeah it's really surprising in the sense that before that injury I mean he was one of those true freshmen that was on the fast track to becoming a fixture in that rotation. Uh, he got himself onto the field in that Northwestern game and of as fate would have it, uh, blew his knee out, you know, in his first real game experience. And I know the coaching staff was really disappointed because they they liked him and they liked him a lot. And so that knee injury kind of Uh, was the beginning of the end for him here because, you know, while he was out, Nebraska kept on recruiting, and they got some pretty darn good players coming up the ranks that uh, are not only going to get challenged for those jobs but might have already surpassed him. Uh, And so, I mean, it's just kind of an unfortunate situation for CJ. I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere. He's too good of a player not to, but uh, I think this is more of a a situation where Nebraska – has better, younger talent coming up the ranks that just kind of passed CJ up uh, because of that time that he missed. And we're going to
1: hear more from Travis Fisher. I talked with him at length um, in Mercer uh, at Macon, Georgia, in the in the satellite camp. And i have got that interview coming up on the show. Uh, Shannon uh, Furbrosh from Adidas is going to join us here on the show as well. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff from the road. I was on the road. Nate is still on the road, by the way. He's in Florida, South Florida for both the FIU, FAU, and then the, the USF camp. So uh, no Nate in studio today. I'm gonna, we're gonna try to maybe connect later in the show over the phone um, if we can get him, but we've got a lot. I've talked to four different coaches, so we're gonna bring all those interviews to you as well here in the show. Briefly to Robin, Maurice Washington. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a good week for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those deals where I don't even think the issue is your, your opinion on um, you know, the the legality issue of marijuana. Obviously he was caught in his dorm room with paraphernalia. It was a, that a, was hot. a pipe that was hot and it smelled like residue. And he, I mean, his, so he was mean, smoking weed in his room. Yeah. I mean, so, that, that, let's get down. I mean, that, yes, that was going on. Yes. It's not easy to jump to that conclusion. And so the the issue, you know, for me is just another instance of him making a very dumb decision. And it's now becoming a pattern of dumb decisions where at some point this kid needs to figure out how to stay out of his own way. And you know, once is a mistake, Two times is a concern and three times or more is a problem. And now we're getting into problem territory with him, where you are literally in the middle of a felony court case and you choose to smoke marijuana, which, you know, whatever your opinions on it, is illegal in Nebraska and it's illegal on campus at the University of Nebraska. And you're doing it in your dorm room with like little zero concern. Uh, for the potential consequences. And so, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that makes you pull your hair out if you're Scott Frost that you have this kid with all this talent that just makes one mistake after another and whatever the degree of those mistakes, it, it's becoming a, a problem because, I mean, it's just one thing after another and at some point there's going to be a breaking point.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's it, the thing that we don't know is when they do the drug test, has he failed any drug test within the program? That's only something that Scott Frost and his guys would know. And at this point, you know, if, if they're sticking with him at this point, as far as we know, but you know, you got to almost put a guy like that on routine drug tests, yeah. even more like weekly drug, hold t- his hand. weekly drug tests at that point, and one more and you're done type of thing. But he's already at that point, so a lot to get going. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to carry on um, with the satellite camp coverage. Uh, I caught up with Shannon Ferbrosh from Adidas, he's the director of U.S. Grassroots. Um, we talked about a lot of things, including the upcoming Pipeline Satellite Camp in Lincoln next week. Uh, we'll hear from Shannon Furbrosh next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.
0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here
1: on the Husker Online Show here, special satellite camp edition. We're In Mercer at the uh, satellite camp here put on by Adidas. This is the third year of the satellite camp tour with Adidas. Sean Callahan pleased to be joined uh, by Shannon Furbrosh. And what is your title, Shannon, exactly with Adidas?
3: I am director of football grassroots. So really anything from college on down. Um, you know I oversee and'm responsible for promoting the game, making sure the brand shows up, making sure that we're doing the right things for our colleges and uh, you know just overall making sure the sport of football is healthy at our building.
1: And you know this was a thing that you came up with, three years ago uh, kind of to, to try to do something for Adidas schools. We're on year three now, and it's getting bigger and bigger, and more and more coaches continue to come. How pleased are you with the growth of the tour?
3: Well, you're right. I came up with this about three years ago because I wanted to do something to give our coaches and our schools more exclusivity, meaning I wanted to get rid of the other schools that they were competing with. Now I couldn't get rid of all the other Adidas schools, obviously, so what I wanted to do was just have an Adidas celebration and have them on our Adidas campuses and let our coaches see the best players out there and make sure that our high-profile schools are the biggest schools there. The kids are running around. They're seeing the Nebraska brand. They're seeing some of the other Adidas brands out there. And those are the coaches that have their attention there. It's exclusivity. I wanted our Adidas schools to have the exclusivity with these kids, and I think that's what we've been able to produce, and we're delighted with it.
1: We're joined here by Shannon Furbrosh from Adidas. And Shannon, you're, you're going to bring one of these to Lincoln, and, and this was kind of not a challenge, but you wanted to make sure it was the right kind of event. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, Nebraska will hold their pipeline camp in in, in Nebraska, or a couple weeks from now in Lincoln. Uh, give us some, how did this all come about and, 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 and what will this camp be like?
3: Well, I, th- I think it's been uh, in the making for a couple of years. I mean, we wanted to do something to Nebraska desperately. I didn't think just a wide-open camp of every single position was the right way to go. You know, because coaches want to go to those fertile recruiting grounds where they can see, you know, like, here at mercer we're going to go through eight nine hundred kids there so the idea was what how do we do something special for nebraska and i think what jumped out was that they are very have a very long rich history in linemen particularly offensive line but certainly defensive linemen as well so if we do an ultra specialty camp to where we're attracting those o-linemen and those d-linemen from all over the country to come and compete is that going to be enough, not only to to attract the kids to Nebraska, but to, to our, our partner coaches at other schools to be able to come and watch? And I think it's proving, based on the numbers that I'm saying and the kids that are coming, that it's going to be a smashing success. And we look forward to Nebraska putting that on, because I think as a as a school, there is nobody more with more rich tradition and O&D linemen than Nebraska. So uh, it ought to be a great event. We're looking forward to it. We'll certainly be there to watch. And I've
1: even told some members of the All-American, American Bowl selection committee are going to be in Lincoln as well. So, I mean, they're really, from what we've seen, Nebraska is really trying to pump this thing up.
3: Well, and the thing that makes that important, and I'm one of the guys on the committee, uh, there's four or five of us on the committee, and there'll be another guy there. I, I think that's important because I think just about every kid wants to play in the All American game. And it's a way to make sure that the elite players are not. One of the issues that you have with these camps is sometimes the four and five star kids want to come, but they don't want to compete. Um, if we're on hand and there's a a possibility that you're going to be invited to the All-American game, those four- and five-star kids who have not been invited, they'll suit up and compete, and that's a win for everybody.
1: Talk about just Adidas's relationship with Nebraska. They were the first football school signed on in 1995. They've been with Adidas since. They're on a long-term deal. Um, just how deep is that relationship when, when you kind of look at the history of, of Adidas in Nebraska?
3: Well, I think when you walk through our building, I mean, you'll see that you know, Nebraska is probably the most prominent school as you walk through the building. Part of that is, is because of the duration of time that we have partnered with. Uh, with Nebraska, but I think that it's, I think through, through the great years and a few of the down years, I don't think our um, level of commitment and our enthusiasm for Nebraska has dropped off at all. Um, you know, we're super excited about Coach Frost getting in there, but you know, we really had a great relationship with Coach Riley. So, to me, our relationship is with the school and the fans, and certainly it's our job to make sure that our relationship with the staff is good too. And I think that we're certainly on well on our way of doing that with Coach Frost and his staff. Um, but we just want to do anything we can to help. We want to make cool product. We want to make sure that the kids see it, and we want to help elevate. Uh, Nebraska football and I've said this many times Nebraska football is going to go ahead and play next season with or without Adidas but our idea is to elevate them and make them look greater and better than they could if we weren't on board and uh, and support them as much as we have with things like the satellite camp.
1: You know the alternate uniform game yet? Have you, have you guys even talked about that for Nebraska at this point?
3: I mean, that's the, we we are more than willing to do things like that. That is a hundred percent in Nebraska's control, and um, you know we'll take our lead from from Coach Frost. I don't think it's our responsibility to tell the school what they need to do. We make suggestions, and if they like our suggestions, they can go with them. Um, I think when you look at a Nebraska and some of these schools, the tough thing with alternate uniforms is the tradition. There's a lot of people sitting in the stands there that like Nebraska football to look a certain way. And sometimes that clashes with recruiting and we just try to help find a, a middle ground that both people can be happy.
1: When you talked about the growth of Adidas's brand and kind of where it's gone and I mean really the last three, four years you've seen it take off and, and close the gap with competitors and pass maybe some competitors. Um, I mean just Talk about what you've seen on your end from, from that.
3: Well, you know, it's, I think it's, it's been in the making for about four years now. And I think there's a number of things. I think, um, let's well, a product is king. You, you have to make great product. Um, if somebody buys a pair of our shoes and they don't like them, they're probably not gonna buy another pair. So we've gotta make great product. I think our product team has stepped up and made you know world-class product as good as anyone. And then I think we've been very fortunate on the marketing side where I work, is to be able to connect with that high school athlete. Um, I don't think there's any brand that is connected with a high school athlete like Adidas has over the last four years. Um, and I think it's a large part to do with the group of people that we have that are willing to go out and spend time, and I've always said that your relationship with somebody is a direct result of how much time you're willing to spend with them. My guys and I are willing to spend Saturdays on the field watching camps. We're willing to be on Sundays, you know, going to uh, to different ball games on Friday nights at high school games. You know, we do the Twitter stuff, and then lastly, the third piece of it is that you know the company has committed to it financially. And you can't do any of what I've talked about without money. So uh, I think they liked what we did. They liked early. They were able to see that we could do what we're doing pretty well. Um, they contributed money, and we took off and, and ran with it. And it's uh, it's been an unbelievable four-year run to go from – Not many people really knowing that you're a football brand. To me, you know, scratching on the hills of the uh, the 800-pound gorilla across the river from us in Portland.
1: And you guys have added a pretty big school this year. Washington is the latest Power 5 you've added. And and you kind of try to get one or two more almost every year, it seems like.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's important. Uh, listen, if you you know, we're, we're not satisfied. I mean, you, you guys know, this in your business as well as our business, and, and uh, you can never be satisfied. And you know, we always want to add those right partners. I mean, I think if you've looked like over in, what you've looked at over the last few years in college athletics is these deals have gotten pricey. So you better have a great relationship with that school. And we want to hang on to what we have, and we want to certainly add people that we think can grow our portfolio. University of Washington, up in the Northwest, where if you look at what we have school-wise, um, it wasn't that many schools that we have. So that was, that was an important one to us. We went and recruited them. You know, we felt like we cut a fair deal with them, and they come on uh, this fall and uh, will be our second team in the Pac-12. Well, Shannon,
1: hopefully we get a chance to see you maybe in Lincoln for the Pipeline Camp coming up here. I know a lot of people are excited about that event.
3: Well, I'll be at the Pipeline Camp. I won't miss it. I, you know, the, these things that grow in your mind that end up becoming, uh, becoming uh, real, you want to make sure you're there to see, it. and uh, we'll have a few of our guys there.
1: Well, thanks again here for taking some time with us here at Mercer on the Satellite Camp Tour.
3: My pleasure. Thanks.
1: All right. More from the road here. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.
0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: Sean Callahan here in Macon, Georgia at the Mercer Satellite Camp with Nebraska secondary coach Travis Fisher. Coach, this is your second year now going at it, kind of working these camps around the country. At a place like Central Florida, you guys really didn't have to do a lot of this.
4: I mean, what's different about it in your perspective now being at Nebraska? I mean, being at Nebraska, you get a chance to travel and go across the country to some of these camps. Uh, Being able to recruit nationally across the country has always been a bonus. It's been a bonus for us here in Nebraska, and um, these camps that we're going to we'll get a chance to come down south. You know, we got some in the Midwest, uh, so we're kind of moving around a little bit, seeing talent all across the country. And you, you were from the Tallahassee area,
1: so this is kind of your your region. You you grew up around a lot of these kids in in this camp, and I mean, if anyone knows best, there's a lot of under the radar defensive back talent down here. I mean, how do you go about trying to find that every year? You
4: just gotta know what you're looking at. You just gotta know what you're looking at. There's a lot of overlooked kids because of technique, maybe a little raw. And uh, most, most, most guys look at only look at the ones that's already kind of polished. So uh, you got to know what you're looking at. And um, you know, for the most part, I kind of know what I'm looking at. I know what I want. I know what will help us uh, here in Nebraska become a better secondary and a better team. Uh, So, you know, evaluating some of the talent down here, sometimes you got to know what you're looking for and what you're looking at and then what you can do, what you can add to that kid to help them become better football player
1: and on top of town how much is fit a big priority when you when you try to find a kid from say South Florida or Georgia that's going to go to Nebraska uh, how much of a, of a cultural fit how important is that for you guys when you find those kind of guys oh, It's
4: very important first of all you gotta when you are finding a kid and from South Florida or anywhere you, you have to make sure it's a perfect fit for the, the kid and perfect fit for your, your school and uh, and your football team what you're trying to do and so the most part most part, uh, just evaluating the talent is one step, but you also got to get to know the kid and get to know the family um, and, 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 see if, and see if it becomes a, a perfect fit on, on both ends.
1: Now, your group coming back at Nebraska, you got a really, really uh, experienced group returning. Uh, one of the guys that made a big jump, though, in the spring was Markel Desmuke. Uh, what did you like about Markel over the spring, and what do you think he can bring at Nebraska going into his junior season?
4: Markel just put his head down and worked, you know, the whole spring. Uh, asked a bunch of questions, stayed in the film room. I was a student of the game. Uh, st- stuck around me the whole spring, came back at night watching film. Uh, he wanted to bring the guys together and watch an extra film on his own. He wanted to be the one to run the meetings. It's matured so much, and I'm so proud of him uh, and, and his growth over the spring and, and the season.
1: Deontay, too, another new safety that you're working back there. Um, got got some good experience last year. I mean, what kind of jump could he make in his junior season?
4: Yeah, those guys, him and him and Dismute, uh, are guys that I have, to, I have to tell them to go home. They're in the office at night. I mean, they're after class and they finish doing what they have to do, but they're in the, cl- they're in the office at night, and they have to get those guys. They man, go home and get rest. But those guys have made big jumps in the secondary and uh, looking for some great things from uh, both of those guys, obviously, uh, getting a chance to uh, bring along some of the younger guys along with it will make it will make it special. Obviously two guys can't do it, but bringing some of the younger guys along and making it special. So it's a good group.
1: And you're bringing in a really good group of freshmen, you know, and all of them have received accolades. But I feel like knew some, you know, some people, he's under the radar for some people, but he's, I know he's not under the radar for you. How excited are you uh, about Quint and what he's going to bring?
4: No, I don't have a kid that's coming in this year that's, gonna be under the radar. Quentin Newsom is a special kid. He's gonna be able to add some value to us right away. Um, He's on special teams, also on defense. Um, Great family and uh, I'm looking forward to getting back and working with him and getting him in the film room when I can. And then also, also um, Miles Farmer, uh, North Polar Gates, Javen Wright, those guys are, they already moved in. They got the dorm room, they're in it together, so they already got it. They already got it, being close. And um, it's just natural and, um, you know, credit to the, those kids and their families. Man, they got, all of them have great families. Uh, mom and dad are awesome all across the board. And so no wonder those kids are already kind of made that jump without me even having to touch them yet. You know, really. And they all have length too. I mean, uh, is that something that you identified? I
1: mean, you wanted like the six one, six two 6'2", type of guy to bring into your room?
4: Yeah, I wanted a guy with longer arms. I wanted a guy to be a jackie up on a line of scrimmage. I um, uh, wanted a guy to be able to jump. Big guy, got guy that can come up and tackle some of these running backs in the Big Ten. You know, you know, last year I had a little bit of that with Reed, but, you know, sometimes with Aaron Williams, sometimes, you know, it's a little small, he's a tough guy, played play with his heart on the outside of his sleeve, but, but I wanted some bigger guys that also can move around and make some plays on the football.
1: Now, Noah Paul Gates, he can play just about anywhere, but I know we discussed that you, you like him as a nickel right now. I mean, how do you see him fitting as a nickel uh, when you guys start camp and, and, and stuff here in
4: August? I can plug him in at corner right away. I can plug him in at safety, and I can plug him in at nickel. Obviously, uh, being able, a lot of his attributes, he, he's a hard hitter. He's a big-time player. He's a, uh, he's a guy that you can send in and go, and go knock the quarterback. Uh, he, he can go uh, get up under two pick a ball take it the other way um, just being able to play safety being able to be, play safety and also being able to play corner that nickel position is just perfect it's the perfect fit and then being a young guy that can come in right away and play um, any one of those three any, any one of those positions is, is a bonus and i think he can do it and what did you learn about the Big Ten offenses? I mean, you probably had
1: a perception coming in, and it's probably a little bit different now after a full year. What was the biggest thing you're like, this is way different than I was expecting in the Big Ten?
4: Yeah, I thought it was a little bit more smash mouth, um, to be honest with you, but, you know, um, there was some teams trying to run a little spread, you know, which kind of surprised me. And then, um, you know, but, it was, you know, the Wisconsin's and stuff like that, they want to run the ball and run the, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But it was some teams, you know, Purdue and those guys, that, Really try to run a little spread and try to you know spread you out a little bit. Um, so uh, that was surprised me a little bit, and I was I was happy to see that a little bit. And then it wasn't just boring football all day long. Um, it's kind of exciting, and you got the perfect guys for that. I got the perfect guys. I got guys, big guys that hey you want to be uh, you want to run 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 run. I got safeties big enough to come fit, and then and then you want to pass. I got guys that move like corners. I got all of them, all of them move like corners. Really, so, um, you know, it's going to be interesting in in camp and in all season how they just progress. You survived your first
1: Nebraska winter, too, and and I got to apologize. It was probably the worst winter we've had here in 100 years. Yeah, man.
4: To me, me, you know, the the Frost, you know, they paid me enough to get a jacket, you know, so... But the most thing, you know, some important stuff is about the families and people that got affected by the floods and stuff like that. You know, I really I really you know, have a soft heart for those people, and it's less about me it's more about them. And, you know, um, the main thing is just, you know, uh, when it's cold, put a jacket on. You know, put a jacket on. If I don't have to be out there that long, I won't. Hey, well, Coach Fisher, thanks a lot for taking some time
1: with us here in, in uh, Georgia you. and look forward to seeing you back in Lincoln. Thank you. All Thank much you. more to come here on the Husker Online Show.
0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show. Your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: Welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan on this special Satellite Camp Tour edition, as we just heard from Nebraska's secondary coach, Travis Fisher, in our last segment, as well as Adidas director of U.S. grassroots, Shannon Ferbrosh. Well, one of the benefits of the Satellite Camp Tours is you get to spend a lot of time around the coaches, and we also had a chance to catch up with Nebraska's defensive coordinator, Eric Chenander. Now, bear with me. Uh, We were doing it on the field um, as 40-yard dashes and other things were going on. So you're going to get a little uh, Nat sound effect from the camp itself with some of the 40-yard dash stuff going on in the background. But here's my full interview with Nebraska's defensive coordinator, Eric Chenander. The uh, Mercer Satellite Camp in Macon, Georgia. Sean Callahan with Nebraska defensive coordinator, Eric Chenander. Coach, this is kind of your second year now at Nebraska doing these types of camps. What do you guys really gain going to events like this in places like Georgia and Florida? Well, I think
5: we gain you know, me getting to see Ready. guys in person, uh, especially other defensive guys that maybe – Coaches I saw in the springtime and have offered that I haven't got a chance to see live and then we find a couple of hidden gems, you know there's always a couple of guys that pop up, underclassmen, seniors. Let's make sure uh, we're deal. keeping like
2: these lanes clear the for these guys to finish, these guys in the end zone, sure we're staying here. in order.
1: What is in just the, the reception you guys get? You, get? You to get, to get, get? you guys made such a name for yourself in this part of the country at UCF, I think kids see the the trajectory Nebraska's on, I mean what kind of receptions you guys get on the road this spring?
5: Yeah I think Coach Frost has such a great you know, respect in the south and Florida, Georgia, Alabama, those types of things, so that helps us get in the door and kids are really excited about the, you know, direction
1: Nebraska's heading in right now. This is one of those parts of the country, there's so Thomas, much hidden talent, I mean, everybody knows runner, about the, the main guys, ready. but how important it is at a place like Nebraska to find that Cam Taylor or that guy that maybe is a little bit under the radar but ends up being a big time player? Yeah, I think some of those guys
5: are, you know, they're guys that the home school like in Alabama or Auburn is really high on, they're just Thomas, maybe guys ready, are trying to keep off the radar right now. We got those guys and develop those guys but I think there's
1: some big-time talent out here that goes overlooked a little bit as you've had a chance now too to kind of look at your defense coming out of the spring what really jumped out to you what do you like about your defense going into
2: year two I, ready, like,
5: I like the growth runners, that everybody's made. Ready. I like
1: the depth of defensive line. I like
5: um, where the, that back end's going. I'd like to find a little more depth at linebacker, but that first group of guys is really really kind of where we want them right now, but a little more depth would help, but I, I like where we're at
1: with the kids. Yeah, those two freshmen Topper, linebackers coming ready, in, Jackson Hannon and then Nick Anderson ready, here during the spring. Ready, I mean, how excited are you, particularly now, to add Jackson to that mix with what you already have? I think he's a tremendous
5: player, and I think he could play outside or inside, so I'm, I can't wait to get working with him. I hope he is what we think he is. You know, all the freshmen. It's hard to tell until you see him live. Ready. I think he's going to be Runners.
1: able to help us Ready. right away. What did you like about Garrett Nelson having him this spring? I mean, just the energy and everything he brought to the table. It seemed like he was a nice addition this spring.
5: Yeah, I mean, he's a culture fit. He's a talent fit. He plays really hard. He's strong. He's physical and he loves Nebraska. Runners. He just wants Ready. to be a Husker. Runners. There's Ready. nothing more important
1: than that guy than being a Husker and that's the kind of guys we need in our program. It obviously starts up front though when you look at your defensive line during the spring. I mean, that looks to me like the area you're going to see as big of a jump as any on your group in year two.
5: I think so. I think, you know, I saw those guys in the weight room the other day Runners, and that defensive line awesome. Ready. The Davis brothers and Stilly and Deshaun and the Daniels. I mean, those
1: guys are all looking awesome in the weight room. I think they're going to have a huge impact on our team this year. And you knew Darian was a, a good player, but having him in the program, getting to know him more, Thomas, is, is he even ready, brought more to the runner, table than you guys ready. anticipated?
5: Yeah, I thought he was going to help us depth-wise. I didn't know exactly how good he was. He's turned out to be a really, really good football player, but he's an even better person. I mean, he's helped that room grow as people He's helped the team grow culture-wise. He's been part of winning programs in high school and college, so he's
1: brought a little bit of that energy with him. But he's been an unbelievable addition for us. How important is it um, just to be able to play more guys? I felt like last year you had to really rely on four guys in key months of November um, where you had to really play the Davises and Stilly and some of those guys, a lot of snaps. To, to kind of shave those snap numbers down, what can that do over the season?
5: Oh, That will help us. You know, at the end of the year, to be able to play six, seven, eight guys, Runners, just to ready. keep those guys fresh in those waning months, like you've said, but and also to develop that young talent, too. You know, obviously the the, the core group is going to get the bulk of the snaps, but just to take 20, 30 snaps off those guys a game and develop that young talent will be huge for the future and it help those older guys, too. And adding
1: Tony to your staff, just what has he brought? I mean, it feels like he's been with you guys for years, and he's only been in Lincoln a few months.
5: Yeah, he's brought an unbelievable energy to that room. He's a great teacher. Uh, Thomas, the guys love him ready. as a man. Runners he's he's done wonders for those kids you know as part of their their growth just as people but he's
1: really helped with their pass rush ability and some of their technique he's a really good technician and a teacher well coach and it was great seeing you here in georgia enjoy the rest of the satellite camp tour thank you and thanks again to eric and for taking some time with us here on the road on the satellite camp tour when we come back we'll catch up with nate klaus over the phone that's next here you're listening to the husker
0: online show You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: And we're back here on the Husker Online Show, the special satellite camp edition of the program. And joining us here in our final segment from the road, Husker Online Senior Recruiting Analyst and Writer Nate Klaus. He's in the middle of camp here at Florida Atlantic. Um, He was in Mercer with me on Tuesday and He'll be down at Florida international later on Thursday and then down at South Florida as well, Nate. And uh, just as you kind of, you know, reach the halfway point of your annual satellite camp trip tour, uh, just some early thoughts on kind of what you've seen out there uh, between both Mercer and now FAU.
6: Oh, yeah. I mean, just overall, just a ton of talent. I mean, this is kind of what we've become to uh, come to expect just in these areas. They're, They're loaded with kids, Um, and I think that it's been good for Nebraska in terms of being able to to work with some players that they've offered uh, or that they had on the radar that they wanted to to, uh, be able to kind of get their their hands on and see a little bit more of, Um, you know, and also for – them to, to get some new names on the, on the radar, uh, get some new names up on the list that, that maybe they didn't get to see during the spring evaluation period, or, or maybe when they were at the school that day, they weren't able to practice or whatever the case may have been. So uh, I think it's been pretty fruitful in that regard. And, um, and I think the bottom line, too, is that uh, maybe if each camp doesn't necessarily turn into 15 or 20 new offers um, there's still you know thousands of kids that are seeing that brand that big red in uh, on the on these coaches shirts at these camps and, and I think that's important to kind of to be seen and have somewhat of a presence and to, to kind of represent your brand in these areas.
1: and Nate the way Nebraska has kind of broken apart this month is really the first half of camp month is very heavy on the road. There are some smaller individual camps a seven on seven camp and a team camp in Lincoln. Uh, but they are really full force. I I was over at the football offices um, on Wednesday, and you know they told me on Saturday they're going to have 14 different coaches out on the road working different satellite camps around the country. I know down on the Adidas team they've had four. Is it four? Are there four coaches down there as well? Nate at Florida Atlantic and FIE today.
6: Yeah. So today is uh, Travis Fisher, Sean Beckton, Ryan Held, and Mario Verdusco.
1: And then in Georgia, we had Sean Becton, Travis Fisher, Eric Chenander, and Tony Tuioti. But um, I mean, just what's your thoughts on the on the on the approach Nebraska's had this month, as far as how they've really used almost the first ten to twelve days of the camp season to get out to as many places as possible?
6: Well, yeah, you you got to maximize those days. You you only get ten days during the month of June where you can be out on the road and, and attending these camps and evaluating players. And, um, you know, and, and there might be some cases where it makes sense to have your entire staff at one camp, but I think that, uh, you know, from Nebraska's perspective, it makes sense to, to be kind of a little bit more split up and, and have more eyes in different areas. Uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, they're going to be going to a couple of, of camps like uh, Memphis and Stephen F. Austin uh here yet this week and, and on in, into the weekend and um in addition to the the, the more the the mainstream adidas camps that, that we know about so um you know they're going to be you know a couple coaches i know are going to be out in california and um you know, nebraska recruits nationally and i think when you have to do that it makes sense to kind of split your staff up and be at camps across the country
1: Nate, I'll say one thing um, about this staff. I think after recruiting Florida and Georgia hard now the last two years, I think they've learned it takes a certain type of kid from those parts of the country to come to Nebraska, and we've seen it with C.J. Smith recently leaving and some other kids that have left early in this program that maybe were from S- South Florida that would have probably been able to fit in at a place like Central Florida. But Nebraska is different in that sense, and I think as they, they recruit those areas – they're pretty particular now, as far as what kind of kids they want to bring up from from that part of the country.
6: Yeah, I think you're right. You know, there's there's uh, there may be a lot of kids that fit the profile from an athletic standpoint, um, but it, it takes a you know it takes a certain type of kid uh, with a certain kind of makeup to to want to leave South Florida or want to leave uh, Atlanta to head to Nebraska, especially if they have a lot of a lot of options on the table. And so, and I think that's what this staff has kind of figured out, that uh, you have to get the right type of athlete, but you also have to get the, the right type of kid, the, you know, a player that's got the, the right type of makeup to, you know, to where he's willing to, to leave home and that uh, he's not going to, um, you know, run from adversity, that he understands kind of what he's getting himself into and, um, and I think, you know, now that they've kind of been able to settle in and, and get one full uh, cycle under their belt, they kind of understand that, and, and that's one of the tweaks that we're, you know, we're kind of seeing from the staff as as every year, you know, you're gonna you're gonna kind of tweak your approach.
1: You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus. As Nate is down. <laughs> In Florida Atlantic at the FAU camp now, Nate. Have you seen our good friend Lane Kiffin yet? Have you got to, or have you seen Monty Kiffin? yet? Have you seen any of the Kiffins yet uh, on your uh, FAU stop so far today?
6: Yes, sir. I've, I've been able to see both of them. Uh, yeah, Monty was uh, uh, was kind of um, you know taking a stroll around some of the, the practice fields out here, taking in some of the action, um, as was Lane. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're just kind of kind of taking everything in and. And, uh, you know, enjoying all the, all the the talent they've got on their campus and all the other coaches that are here.
1: Nate, uh, I do want to ask you this, too. Nebraska made a new 2021 in-state offer to A.J. Rollins, a six foot 6'6", uh, 215 to 225-pound tight end defensive end out of Omaha Creighton Prep. He's a kid that we saw during the in-state tour. I had a chance to watch him play some basketball as well this year. And, you know, this one, I don't want to say it came out of left field because all the intangibles and all the measurements are there. But um, we haven't seen Nebraska make very many offers on a guy that has a pretty limited varsity resume like this before. But they just must have seen so much there at the team camp. I know talking to Tim Yonk, um, he said at all times they had eyes on A.J. Rollins. Um, They were watching him very, very closely um, the entire team camp. And they obviously saw enough that they wanted to go in with an early offer.
6: Yeah, well, I, I mean, it makes sense that they had a lot of eyes on him because he walks into a room or, you know, he steps onto the, the playing field or basketball court, or whatever. Uh, he's he's somebody that you immediately take notice of. I mean, he's legit 6'5", 6'6", 215 pounds and, and just looks different. And so, um, you know, and, and with the limited film that he does have, because he did play some varsity last year, but... Uh, season was cut short with a with an injury. Um, you know, it, it makes sense that they were paying close attention to him. But I mean, bottom line is he's a super intriguing prospect. And and when you've got an athlete like that inside your own state um, that that has basically unlimited potential, I, I think that it makes sense not to not to drag your feet um, and to go ahead and pull the trigger and and uh, to kind of you know be able to hang your hat on saying that you know we were the first to offer you.
1: Now there's three offers out for 2021, Teddy Prohaska, um, Avante Dickerson, and now A.J. Rollins. And, you know, there's two other guys that we know, or at least three other guys, that would be on that short list. Drew Christo from Elkhorn. Um, then you've got Nolan Gorzica from Omaha Roncalli. He was actually at the team camp. I, I'm guessing Nebraska didn't see enough from him there to make an early offer. And then obviously Isaac Zatica as well at Elkhorn South. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, Nate, but 2021 um, easily could be a 5-6 to six offer in-state year, which is about as good as you're ever going to see in a 10- to 15-year cycle in the state of Nebraska.
6: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and I would even throw in Keegan Johnson from Bellevue West um, in there, you know, the the son of uh, former Huster uh, Cluster Johnson, younger brother of CJ and, and Cade. Um, you know, he's somebody who I was able to, to see recently that, Looks like he has taken that next step, um, you know, as far as his physical dis- development goes, and so I think he's somebody obviously has great bloodline, someone to pay close attention to. But uh, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible that there's been so many prospects to emerge so early in that class. And um, boy, I tell you what, that's that's got to make Scott Frost and the Nebraska coaching staff pretty happy because if you could potentially, you know, theoretically land five or six kids from your own backyard uh it takes a lot of pressure off your recruiting class
1: hey well nate thanks uh for taking some time out uh with us here i hope you had some good cuban food and maybe even some fish <laughs> while you're down in 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 florida here this week and and please rub it in
6: yes we'll uh we'll be discussing all of that as soon as i get back home
1: all right well nate klaus joining us here as uh, we had a great show today. We talked to Travis Fisher, Eric Chenander, uh, Shannon Ferbrach from Adidas, and obviously Mike Wheeler and Robin Watcher. But that's a wrap here on this week's edition of the Husker Online Show.
0: Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.